Welcome everyone to Yanks in Europe with myself, David, my good friend, David. Hello. And Guillermo. What's up? Today we're going to give you all a recap on the big Haiti game over the weekend, lineup-wise, give, give our opinions on that, pros and cons, also give up some predictions for the lineup this coming Thursday against Martinique, but first we're going to do a little bit of a Gold Cup wraparound. I'll kick it off with you, go, you Guillermo. What did you think of that Mexico game? I think it was interesting. Um, Trinidad for sure stepped the game up. They played defense like how they should. Came out with a draw. I don't think Mexico was happy. I don't think the Mexican fans were happy. Um, it's kind of sucks for the Mexico soccer players since they kind of killed the game and wasted like 20 minutes of it. But that's just my thoughts. Yeah, I, the biggest takeaway, obviously, is the in- injury to uh, Chucky Lozano, which after the injury to Alfonso Davies, um, in my opinion, was the best player remaining in this tournament. Now I think it's kind of up for discussion. I'll get you guys' opinion later on that. I think it might be Leon Bailey at this point. Um, but the that was pretty brutal to watch. Um, his face was, I think it ended up being 10 to 12 stitches just above his eye. Um, no foul, no penalty, no nothing. Uh, David, as the refereeing uh, experience you have here, what do you think on that? Uh it it was it was definitely brutal. I would say the reason there was no foul was the keeper was going for the ball. It made an attempt on the ball. I mm-hmm. do believe um, so. It was unintentional. I, I do feel like if, if there would have been a foul, it would, it should have been for the push in the back. Exactly. That's what I I don't and, understand. And because the... the keeper did nothing wrong, um, it, that was just an unlucky play to where he gets pushed in the back and just the way he falls down, the keeper's coming out to come contest for the ball, just like any keeper would, and it ends up being you know probably the worst case scenario that could happen for Chucky Lozano I mean you hate to see it especially with Raul Jimenez just having his head injury just last year yeah and that's what Mexico's arguably Mexico's two best players are out right now with both head injuries um it's that's just unlucky for them and especially you know being United States fans you know we we always are happy when you know Mexico is losing or you know it's always funny to see but in my opinion, you want to face the best, the best Mexico side you can. Um, nobody wants, you know, as the United States, and that's why the CONCACAF Nations League was, you know, was so good because we were playing Mexico's top guys. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be playing Mexico without, you know, their two, three best players. Yeah. Because, you know, there's like, there's always that what if, all right, well, what if Mexico had these guys, they probably could have won or, you know, something like that. So it, it's definitely unfortunate. And, you know, everybody's wishing him the speedy recovery. For sure. And I think the official diagnos- diagnostics of everything was a neck contusion, a concussion, and 12 stitches above the eye. Um, yeah. Obviously not returning to this tournament and um i yeah. think august is in jeopardy at, at the minimum for napoli yeah. right now guillermo any thoughts on that um just to go back on lamb um he said do you think teams feel that way with the united states not having their top players right now playing do you think it's even worth for certain teams to even say it because i mean right now the best player in the tournament is Bushio, you know so hard to say <laughs> After playing for 20 minutes. Yeah, I, I think so. Because, I, expect, I mean, I, I don't know. Because it's it's fans are always going to be a thing. So if, say, we end up playing Mexico in the finals and Mexico is going to beat us, you know the Mexi- uh, Mexico is going to be celebrating. Their fans are going to be celebrating. Um, at the end of the day, this is what? Maybe our B team. I would say half of these guys, maybe a C team type roster. Like, I don't think half of these guys on this roster will be on, uh, in World Cup qualifying. Um, I think, yeah, let's like, be honest. I think most of it will be. 
backup competition? If... Yeah, uh, they, like I said, they're they're competing for the B team because when it comes to World Cup qualifying, it's not going to be the same starting. You know, it's the same twenty three every time. There's games. They're going to be a three game stretch with all three games in different countries. Mm-hmm. You can't. Like guys aren't going to be able to travel from country, especially with COVID still being a thing. There's still travel restrictions in some countries, so you're not going to have the same European guys going from continent to continent across the across the world when you can easily just have if there's something in america you know the mls guys play there if you go to a different country you'd you know have the european guys over there so th- this the gold cup is definitely interesting and it's it, it um i want to be able to see more of those young guys you know get a chance because i feel like the young guys on this roster are going to be the guys that can c- help us when it comes to world cup qualifying for sure um kind of just to wrap up on the mexican side there they nil nil draw um 82 possession I think they deserved a win out of this, but Trinidad did exactly what they set out to do. Um, yeah. Elsewhere, uh, also in that group, as we mentioned on the last episode, Curacao got um, taken out due to COVID policies. Guatemala took their spot. Uh, that postponed game, El Salvador ended up winning 2 nothing. You've got Canada uh, taking out uh, Martinique 4-1 to after giving up a pretty horrendous uh, opening goal. So for, uh, I guess you would call that a 4-1 comeback win. If that's the correct wording for it, um, Canada trying to play out of the back, turn the ball over, pretty simple goal. This is why, as we'll get uh, into it later in the episode, I do not like playing out of the back. I don't understand why we do it, but I've got a lot more words than that for later. And that takes us into the biggest game of the weekend, USA-Haiti. David, what do you think of those lineups? I know um, we've got our group chat going on where some things we liked, some things we really, really didn't like. Yeah, uh, it, it was funny when I when I saw uh, the, you know the the lineup get tweeted out. I was just like, all right, so where's the real lineup at? You know, uh, yeah, just as a joke, because you you look at the lineup and just like you're you're shocked, but you expected it. You know, that, that that's how I kind of felt when I saw the lineup. I'm like, um, did I want to see Zarda starting? Did I want to see Jonathan Lewis in there? Did I want to see Jackson Yule? No. Was I surprised they were there? No. I mean, this is Greg Berhalter's go-to. I mean, when you look at Greg Berhalter in the past, he's played the guys like a Jackson Yule, like a Jesse Zardes, like a Jonathan Lewis. He's given these guys multiple chances. Um, At a certain point, you kind of have to question it and be like, well, how many chances are these guys going to get, you know, continue starting and continue playing? And, you know, they just don't seem good enough to be playing on on this team, honestly. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Guillermo, I'll let you uh, add on, on that. I know there were some parts of this. I think you were a little, uh, little more lenient on the um, on the side uh, selections than uh, than David and I were. Um, kind of, I'll even start with Jonathan Lewis. We didn't want to see him on the field the next game, and you know, you want to keep him out there. What's your position on everything? Well, I think the way you gotta look at it is it's the first game. We want to make sure we get a win, so you're gonna put those season bets out there, like. You want to get the win no matter what. I think going to game two against <clears> – sorry. <laughs> but going to game Martin. two – yeah, going to game two, you want to play those younger guys, see what they actually got, start them there. Because now you have waiting to even end up in a draw, and if you want to go for that win, you sub them out and put the vets in that are willing to get the goals for you. So I think the first match is fine. I know um, Lewis didn't play the best, but I think you still give him a chance against a weaker team and see what he's got. If he performs lower or the same level, then that's when you start reconsidering them against Canada and moving forward the tournament, should he be starting or not? 
But isn't that kind of, isn't that a little too late to maybe try and bring somebody else in or change up information or do anything else like that? Because, you know, you just need to have all the kinks figured out by the time we play Canada, I would think. I think that's how I'm looking at the tournament. You have two games to figure out who's playing the best against the best team in your group besides the United States and everybody else, hopefully in a quarterfinal, semifinal, and, you know, fingers crossed the final. Um, I think you, if it doesn't work out next, I think you go with this, you could even go with the same lineup going into the next game, but I want to see more of the younger guys like Hoppe come out, Stryker and more. Um, I think if Lewis doesn't work out, you can for sure move some players around and go with a different formation going into Canada. I think mm-hmm. that we could pretty sure we could beat Canada uh, without Alfonso Davies. They don't seem that good. Even though they did score four goals is against a weaker team. Mm-hmm. I feel like we USA could win three nil if they get their stuff together, but they could also score more than three. Yeah, I got you there. Well, you know, D- David, as the, um, the person who is the, the leading voice in Daryl DK's uh, camp here, uh, is, is he getting his start finally? I, I think so. And it, it was tough to watch the game when, when he got subbed in. I, when him and Busio came in, you know, they Busio alone changed the game uh, by himself for like those first five, 10 minutes he was on the pitch. Uh, with DK, he was almost, you know, non-existent, but honestly, that was nothing to do with him. Um, nobody was feet could get him the ball on um Probably the last 20 minutes of the game, we we, we kind of struggled to get possession. Haiti Haiti was on the ball more throughout uh, you know the end of the game. It was really sloppy with a lot of bad passing, a lot of you know just clearing the ball downfield. Uh, there was it's really hard for us to you know have a big chain of possession where we're putting passes together to where we can actually get our forwards running, running in on goal and making runs. Um, also, I think another thing with that is uh, we took more out. Uh, shortly after uh, DK comes in, who is arguably our best cross, the best cross or the best player on the pitch, um, Sam Vines, he he made a couple good runs, but he's really you know he didn't really do too many crossing. Um, like we talked about Jonathan Lewis, he he really wasn't doing anything when it comes to crossing. And I feel like when you have Daryl DK in, that's like one of his big things. You you see how big he is. He's a tank. Yeah, how big he is out there. I mean, he, when the ball's in there, he's gonna win it. He he, and if he doesn't win it, he's gonna put someone on the ground. Like, yeah. he's not just going to let somebody go for a free header. He's always going to make an attempt at the ball. Now, and, how um, much do you think our, like, um, negativity on Jonathan Lewis's crossing in this game has to do with the fact that it was Zardes in the middle? Yeah, I, I could see that, too, because Zardes um, just possibly wasn't in position a couple times. Uh, but there were – they're still and, – and I hate to be, you know, be so hard on Jonathan Lewis because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, any any player on the national team is a good soccer player. Because you, oh, you're, not, you're, not, you're, you, you're not a bad player and just, you know, miraculously end up on a national team. Like, that's not possible. So, clearly, he does well for his club. He's done well to where Burhalter wants to bring him in. I kind of like what Guillermo was saying. Was all right if you're going to give him another chance, game two is the time to give him another chance. Because after that, there's you you can't give him another chance. Because once mm-hmm. you're into Canada and into the quarter semis, like it's it's you can't do that anymore. So if he were to start in game two, I mean I would be upset, but I could see why. Um, but like you said, I mean if he comes out and puts another performance out like he did um, on on Sunday, I don't expect him to see him play much more in the tournament. Yeah. I got you. Well, if he, if he does come out for game two, I, it has to be left wing. And it just brings up the question who plays right wing without Ariola, because mm-hmm. Giacchini is not an out and out right winger. Um, uh, he's a striker. Guillermo's yeah. uh, probably the biggest fan of Giacchini and loved um, loved his performance. Um, 
I was a little sad to see him come off at the time he did. What do you think of that, Guillermo? I mean, out of the two wingers, he definitely outclassed Lewis in every single way. I mean, he was taking the ball in his own hands, taking his own shots, making plays happen. Well, yeah. Lewis, he wasn't doing anything. He At least he was pushing the tempo and trying to get those nice crosses in. And he realized, okay, crosses are not working. Let me start cutting in and taking those shots. Mm-hmm. And every time he took that shot, it looked sharper and sharper where he ended up hitting the post. And the, it was a great shot. If that would have gone in, it would have been a banger. And that's what but, we were talking about today rather than, you know, Sam Vine's right place, right time. And that's why we win one, nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about this uh, before that everything came on the right side. We couldn't create everything. much of anything on the left. Could we? No, no, mm-hmm. not at all. Yeah. Our whole attack was coming down the right side. And I, I, like I mentioned a couple minutes ago, I, Sha- Shaq Moore was, was the player of the match. I know he got voted the insider's man of the match um, from USMT also, but it, you watch that game. He, he was by far the most impressive player on, on the pitch. And it, it, that just adds to our strong depth that we have at right back now to where we have now, what four really quality, good right backs and, mm-hmm. You got Sergio Des, Reggie Cannon, DeAndre Yevlin still there, and now uh, Shaq Moore is going to add his name to the list. And you're just looking at the right backfield, and it's unfortunate because that four really good players that you know only one can play. You, you, yeah. you can't play four right backs at the end of the day. Um, but it's good to see uh, you know see new players stepping up and showing what they can do. For sure. And speaking of Reggie Cannon, who on paper might be the best player on the squad, do you agree or disagree there? Uh, I, I would say. Yeah, a proven player. I would give it to Reggie Cannon. I would say DK definitely has a lot of upside. Matthew Hoppe has a lot of upside. Busio definitely has. Yeah, oh, for sure. I agree there. I would say proven as a proven player, I would give it to Reggie Cannon or maybe Sebastian Legette, I would say. So what does that mean, though, with Shaq Moore? If Reggie Cannon might be our – could possibly be our best player on the roster, depending on how you grade them. Shaq Moore plays a fantastic game against Haiti. Reggie Cannon Mm -hmm. should be fit versus Martinique. Um yeah. We're just in another position where we always are, where we have too many players in the same position and not enough yeah. wingers and not enough attacking mids. And mm-hmm. like, we can't play both of them. What's going to happen? No, um, I, I could definitely see uh, Bello getting a chance to land United left back, um, especially with this being a lesser opponent again, maybe even lesser than what Haiti was. I could definitely see him getting this opportunity to start be at left back. And then that would make it, you know, a big decision because if he comes out and has a good game, heading into the Canada game, you're like, all right, well, who are we starting at left back? We got Sam Vines, we got Bello for Lane United. Um, so I think I think we could definitely see him get the start at left back in this match. Um, just like we said, there's probably going to be a couple other lineup changes just so the young guys can, Berhalter can see more guys on the pitch. Because by the time we get to Canada, we've said, like, he has to have that 11 that he knows can go out and play the best for, for what we have. Gotcha. So he definitely is going to, you know, try to get some other guys some playing time so he can sp- experiment with the lineup so he knows what to do for game three. For sure. And I, I kind of want your guys' opinion on both both of these things. Guillermo, I want a, uh, two pros, two cons, and one change that you would make uh, for the next game. Um, One change is I, I like Vines, but I don't think he played good defense. I think you bring Bellow in, like Lamb said. I mean, even if you wanted to, you can try even try uh, more on the left side just to see what could happen. But I don't see um, I don't see him coming out. I think more starts are right back next game. I think you still give him another day to recover and get ready and be fit for that Canada game. Mm-hmm. The pros that I see, I think, is the I think our right side was super strong. Right, I think the more 
duo, that duo that was there was just incredible. Um, I want to see another striker. I don't want to see Sardis. I'm not a fan of Sardis at all. I wanted to see some Hoppe or even DK go in there and start the game. Yeah, I want those two, either or, to start again some the next game just to see what's going on. Uh, but pros over wise, Lucio came in and played phenomenal. I mean, the presence he brought in when he stepped into that field and how much pressure and how much work he was putting in in just 20 minutes was someone that seemed like he was determined to fight for a spot. And that's something that we need on every single player. I totally agree there. David, you have anything? Um, uh, Yeah, just to run off of what Gabriel was saying about Buzio, I, I think – those 20 minutes that he was on the pitch, I, I think he was the best player on the pitch in those 20 in those 20 minutes. Uh, he seemed to bring it, a spark it, from the crowd. It, is that, or is... He definitely did. Uh, you, you could hear it's his hometown crowd, so it must have been awesome for him to get that debut in front of his hometown um, in his stadium. But you could hear, just hear it every time he touched the ball, the Busio chants, uh, you know, just around the, the crowd. But he, he just looked like he was moving at a different speed than everybody else, honestly. When even, um, you know, his simple passing and dribbling, but he made a good couple runs where he took it from our 18 yard box and took it, you know, past midfield to, you know, open up lanes. And that, that, and that's what you need. That that's why on our, you know, for our West McKinney's and Tyler Adams, they, they can drop back to get the ball and they're good enough to where they can come from our 18 yard box and dribble all the way down to opposing 18 yard boxes. And Buzio looked like he could do that. Just, you know, just, if not just as well as they did. Um, he was definitely a bright spot. We talked about Shaquille Neal, uh, more bright spot. Um, I think Kellen Acosta actually played really well. I know um, he, I think he was one of the votes for the man of the match. Um, I think Ocosta that was Alexi Lawless's man of the match. Yeah. I think Acosta actually played well. Uh, he did his part. He made some really good defensive uh, tackles. He had that ugly giveaway towards the end of the match uh, where he had to get that yellow card at the end of the day. I wasn't upset with that. Cause that was a tactical yellow card. Cause if he wasn't, if he didn't do that, Haiti had like probably a two on four break, a four on two breakaway to where he probably could have led to a goal. So that was a really smart yellow card by Ocosta after an ugly turnover. But I thought Ocosta um, played, played really well. Also uh, on, on the cons, we've, we talked about it, the left side, um, other than Sam Vines's goal, um, you know, open header at the back post, um, he defensively wise, he, he did not play well. Um, we've talked about Jonathan Lewis not playing well. Uh, Jackson Yule, it, it's just going to be the same thing with him every time. Yeah, he has 89, 90% pass accuracy, but when nine out of 10 of your passes are going backwards to the center backs, it's not hard to have a 90% pass accuracy at the end of the day. And it just looks like it, it, when you pressure Jackson Yule, he, he turns the ball over so many times. Just when, when you see, because Haiti, Haiti was pressuring two to three men on him. And you could just see, like, when he gets under pressure, he kind of, you know, panics and does to do something and turns the ball over. So I would definitely say the center mid um, definitely want to see Buzio for this next game because I think he can bring a bright a bright spark to, to, the, to the team. I totally – I got you there. Um, so for me, I mean, the pros, we won. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much a pro in, in any, um, you know, best-case yep. scenario is winning the game, worst-case scenario is losing the game. Yeah, got the result. Um, also, uh, just like big congratulations to everybody who got their first cap for the United States, James Sands, which was, you know, something that I've been calling for for a long time. It was very exciting seeing the first, um, the first ever uh, academy player from, from NYCFC get uh, his first cap for the United States. Um, you know, well-deserved. And I think um, when we get into this Martinique lineup, maybe, uh, maybe some of us have a spot for him there. Um, Eric Williamson got his first and obviously the, uh, the man of the hour, it seems to be um, at the moment is uh, Guillermo's boy, Gianluca Busio. 
um, three, three great players finally getting on the field. Um, and you know, there's going to be lots of minutes and a lot of, uh, different scenarios coming up where I'm sure all of them will play a lot. Um, cons, I mean, I, I, the con is the midfield. I know Acosta was decent, but you know, two thirds of our midfield weren't good. Um, and I think Ewell showed it enough in the Olympic qualifiers, what he is as a player for the United States. Um, you know, there's no, there's no reason why we shouldn't be playing in the Olympics. Uh, you know, later this month, he was part of that team, and I didn't understand why he walked into a starting lineup in the Gold Cup. Um, I think we have players on the bench who totally could have filled that role. Um, that's kind of like all I have left on, on the Haiti game. I guess my last thing would be for us to remember that Haiti was missing seven players, including like two, they're literally their two best goal scorers. Um, if this is a full Haiti squad, do we win this game? It's a, it's a great question. Also, they were missing one of their starting center backs. So you're just like a starting center back. Maybe, the two maybe that run scorers, from Vines is covered. Exactly. So if you're, if you're thinking of the USA, if we're missing a starting center back, you take uh, Zimmerman or, or Robinson out and then our two goal scorers, I mean, you'd be taking Zardes out and then you take what? Um, uh, Legette, I guess. Legette, yeah. Because um, Zardes' credit, he got an assist. Um, shout out to Jesse Zardes. He's the second fastest player in national team history to reach 10 goals and 10 assists. Uh, fastest being Landon Donovan. So Zardes is the second fastest to do that. Um, it, you, you know, it, it's it's tough with Zardes. Uh, I feel like he's the best striker playing in MLS for our you know United States for the pool right now. Um, it seems whenever he plays, he he's contributing, whether it be in a goal or an assist. But I just still feel like at the end of the day, especially when World Cup comes around, he's just not good enough to be mm -hmm. on that World Cup roster. And I would much rather see younger guys get a chance behind him who actually could compete and have a chance at making that world cup roster yeah i agree it's like last thing on zardes i mean I, I think he gets a bad rap from usmnt fans he'll like in a lot of people's eyes he'll always be that guy that scored on accident in the quarterfinal <laughs> against el salvador like just the ball he did not it's mean a, to score that it just went no. off of his face yeah um and, <laughs> oh great, yeah perfect um and i think that's like i don't know like he he just has like a something about him that fans just can't get behind and i don't really uh understand it all that well you know mm -hmm. um he's an mls champion now uh and yeah. well deserved put in tons of goals like had mvp votes last year um that, that's kind of all i've got to say on that we'll kick it off into the uh the martinique game here and guillermo what changes are coming in um i don't see that many changes happening but i want to start I think that he is someone that can control and hold that midfield for the United States um he's always putting the pressure on I would say give him the chance to prove himself from start to end um if he's not doing good that's when you try to sell him out mm -hmm. I still think you go with two wingers um and then put hop at the start get those crosses in the game plan that was for last match just transition to match two actually get the crosses in make see the works and if it doesn't work then you put you can even put dk at left wing i mean i know it's not the best but he's fast enough and he could try to make some plays happen through there if needed to get lewis out if he's playing in that bad form as he is but overall i think you want to put in these young players to try to put themselves kind of like show them what they can do see how much they want it, and then be ready for the Canada game with a good set game plan on how they're going to come in, what the formation is going to be. If they want to run 
4-3-3 or five defenders, three midfielders and two strikers or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They need to figure it out this match and execute it for against Canada. Or there's a high chance that, I mean, Canada beats us maybe. I mean, I think a lot of it is a confidence thing. Um, you know, Canada just beat Martinique four to one. We beat Haiti one nothing. Could you imagine if we go in and we beat Martinique one nothing, or get a draw out of it? I wouldn't think that this team this team can beat Canada. Yes, but I didn't. I don't think this team will be ready to beat Canada if we don't play well against Martinique. You, yeah, what no. do you think, David? We have to have a good result. Uh, I'd say at least a two goal win, if not three. I completely agree with you. If we come out and have another flat game, winning one nothing, or even drawing one to one, two two, I could definitely see that affecting the team going into that Canada game. Um, it's it's happened so many times with the national team to where we're even if the talent is lower, even if we have our A team out there. It, at some points in the game, it's kind of just like you're watching. You're just like, all right, who's gonna step up? You know, there's talent. You know, there's guys that can do something, but someone's got to step up. And then as soon as one guy steps up and makes the play, and we get a goal, everybody steps their game up. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's um. That, that's how it felt when Busio came onto the field. Uh, you know, it felt like people, you know, the team stepped their game up for a little bit. Um, but you know, you always need that, uh, you know, that goal or that spark. And I completely agree with Guillermo with uh, wanting to see Hoppy out there. Um, me personally, I, I, I would love to see a five back uh, for this coming up game. Uh, I just say with Ariola being questionable, and if he's not starting, if we don't have out-and-out wingers, regardless what Berhalter says, then, oh, Hoppy's a left winger. We're going to put Giacchini at the right wing. At the end of the day, they're, we have four out, outright strikers, center forwards, and Zardes, DK, Hoppy, and Giacchini. The one who I think could play the wing the most is probably Zardes, honestly. I think uh, you know he has played it before in his career and yeah. doesn't – I don't think he plays the striker position the way that our lineups are set up to have a striker. And I think yeah. he would work better out there. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. And I could definitely see Z Zardes going out there, but me, me personally, I would love to see the combination of DK and Hoppy um, in this matchup uh, with Buzio in the midfield. I would love to see James Sands get back out there as that third center back with Robinson and Zimmerman. I thought, all three of them played well. Sands played well for his, you know, few minutes he had on the pitch. Zimmerman and Robinson did did their job at center back. Um, you know, when they were contested a few times. But the five back, as we've seen in the past, uh, when you know they ran it over in Europe, it gave Dest and you know Robinson and Cannon. Um, our fullbacks always attack, and it's given them more chances to attack and not really have to worry about dropping back on D because you got three center backs. And I think that could work really well for Shaquille Moore, who we saw dominating the right side of the mm-hmm. pitch in that, in that first game, uh, flying up and down the right side, putting in crosses left and right. And that would definitely help with him uh, to where he's not really having to result to getting, you know, back on D every single time he's putting in a cross, um, you know, 80 yards up the pitch because we got three center backs in the back. Um, so I would love to see a 5-3-2 uh, with, you know, DK and Hoppy up front. Uh, I'd say the midfield probably would be Acosta and Leggett again with and Buzio being at the, at the six, mm-hmm. the CDM. And then the five back, you know, Robinson, Zimmerman, Sands, and then, uh, I think Bello gets to start at left back. Uh, we we talked about that um, earlier in the, in this episode. Uh, I think he's going to get the start, and then um, either Cannon or Moore, who, uh, gotcha. whoever starts at right back. I don't think you can go wrong with that. Exactly, and I I really do like that idea of the three center backs. Not not just because obviously it'll it'll help our wing backs having to go attack like we just do. We do that a lot, and mm-hmm. with them tracking back it, that was the problem in the in the previous game why Haiti got opportunities was because our wingbacks were pretty much wingers 
um, going up, not wingers, but left mid, right mid, essentially with two people at the back. And they're just Robinson is having to run his tail off the entire match, trying to, you know, track back Haitian strikers. Um, I think the three at the back helps with that, but even more so, I think if they're going to continue to try this playing out the back, having James Sands as a center back helps a lot, uh, 90% passing. He also plays center defensive mid. So he has that midfield eye, um, at the center back position. Um, and it just, you know, it's one more player back there if you have to start at the back. And it looks like that's the only route they're taking um, of getting the ball upfield at all. I, you know, I'd rather, you know, a legit or Acosta, somebody come back near the center backs, grab the ball and bring it up forward. If DK is in there, he's a back to back to strike, back to goal type striker where you can get it into him and try and build off of it. Um, but it doesn't seem like that's something that they want to do. So the the three center backs is probably the best way to do it right now with this roster. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think Buzio definitely can help with that. Um, I, I think with him being able to come back uh, to those center backs and grab the ball and take it upfield, like how Tyler Adams does, um, you know, where he comes back, he's basically practically another a center back. So, I mean, if you have three center backs and then Buzio in there, I mean, that, that's technically four guys you're going to have back there. Buzio is a really good defender also and always knows where to be to get into passing lanes, uh, you know, just create angles for, you know, options for passing and all. So I, I agree, um, you know, with Buzio and Sands definitely being able to be a center back, have center mid experience, that can definitely help the, the roster a lot too. Yeah, for sure. Um, to, to, to wrap things up on the game preview, um, I'll start with you, Guillermo. Give me a score prediction and an if he starts, goal guarantee. Um, I think the prediction where it's probably gonna be three nothing. Um, I think if USA stays away from that slow pace pass back behind the middle of the field and trying to play forward that way, I think if they constantly stay on an attack, try to play through the wings like they've done instead of you know trying to re reassess themselves and check the whole thing out. I think we can score three goals. I want either DK or Hopper to start. And I think either of those will score a goal, maybe two. I like it, David. Uh, I agree with Guillermo. Uh, want to see some more action going, going uh, up the wings. I want to see the left side of the field, uh, you know, get used a lot more and I see be able to bounce the attack out because it we did seem one dimensional. Uh, for a little while to where, you know, attack was pretty much coming up the right side of the pitch the, the whole first half. Um, I agree, either Hoppy or DK, if either one of them start, I, I expect them at least a goal, maybe a brace for either one of the two. And just another thing with DK, I mean, when he played over at Barnsley, what made him so good is Barnsley doesn't play possession. They just kick the ball up and DK would go run and get it. He's going to go run, in the ball, run the ball down, go get the ball, and he's going to mm-hmm. score one-on-one with the keeper. Um, so the whole, I, I just feel like the whole possession, um, you know, side of soccer, I mean, it's not bad, but it's to, to at a certain extent, when you're playing such a lesser opponent, you can't just pass the ball in the back. You have to attack them. If you get beat on a counterattack, uh, so, so be it. I'd much rather, you know, them counter us and score a goal than us, you know, um, passing the ball in the back the whole game and not getting too awkward to pass the ball in the back. I know it's um, like, obviously we're, we're not Spain and Spain is having their own issues that themselves at the moment, but it does remind me a little bit of what, what Spain's going through now, not what they used to have, you know, with everything, but passing it out the back, meaningless possession. They don't have that person who's going to get the goal. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially what, what it 
just reminds me of. Yeah, with this roster, yeah, especially with this roster, you don't really know who's gonna be that guy to bring the goal, get a goal for the on this roster. Mm-hmm. I feel like the way the USA should needs to play is kind of more of the counterattack, long balls counterattack. You have speed up front and DK. I mean, the dude's as fast as DK Metcalf in the football. <laughs> but you know, pushing up with the wingers, doing a counterattack, kind of like how Germany played when they had um Lam in the right back, where he mm-hmm. would just passed down, even though they weren't the fastest, they, they were still always at the ball in the right time because they were so good at that. Mm-hmm. I think that we were trying, we're trying to imitate a more slower midfield controlled game, kind of like how Italy does, but we're not Italy. You know, we're maybe a goodwill Italy, if anything. I mean, we're still young, and I think the counterattack is probably our best bet. I mean, if you want to go for speed, you can even get rid of Hoppe and put Yokini in. You have two speedster there. They are. They will go and contest the ball every single time. You give yeah. those those balls through the long pass. They will try to get it, and if they do get it, those two are fast enough where they can turn it into a two on one or even a two on two. That I feel like they can still score. I gotcha. Well, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go a big score line here. I'm gonna go four nothing. And if Giochini starts, he will score. Um, and I do think if he played the entire match, uh, the last one he would have scored there. He just seems to get himself in the right positions. Oh, yeah. Like, I just like the way he plays, and I think uh, he'd be a good fit at right wing if we need a right winger. I'm not exactly sure what formation he goes with. I know there's going to be a lot of uh, different mock-up projection lineups over the next uh, day or so on Twitter, so make, make sure to be on the lookout for those. Uh, before we close things out, though, just going through um, the rest of the Gold Cup, uh, Qatar plays Panama tomorrow, 7 o'clock, Honduras, Granada um, at 9 o'clock, and last things. What do you guys think of the European final and the South American final that we previewed on the last episode? First, I'm going to say, I'm going to go back and talk about the Qatar-Panama game. I think I'm I'm only flying one way, and I think it's the Qatar Airways. They are those going to win that game. I think Qatar could actually become first in that game. I was watching, looking at the squad. These guys have been playing together for a really long time, and I'm, I can't wait to see what they have. But Euros-wise... I think it was very exciting. They went to ended up going to penalty shootouts. Unfortunately, almost every people, every person that got subbed in for England missed penalty kicks, yeah, which is unfortunate. But that's one thing that's they were like, oh, we put these people in. They're the attacker mindset. They're going to score the goals. They all missed. Italy took advantage of it. I mean, Donnarumma is just, I mean, the he's Buffon Jr. He's Buffon Jr. <laughs> Buffon is the goat. He he has the little the little lamb racing right now, and he's still gonna be there. I mean, he's following his footsteps. I mean, I know he's not in Juve, but he's in PSG. I think it was a huge pickup by them, and I can't wait to see what he does. Also, very happy that Messi finally got a trophy for Argentina. I mean, it's always been so close and never been able to get it, and now that he actually had it, passing, I'm pretty sure he's over the moon right now. For sure. Three final losses before that, right? I think it was two Copa Americas in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just, I was very I mean, that happy World to Cup, see him finally man. get it. Argentina in that World Cup played their heart out and just, just to lose it. I mean, for Messi to always be so close, even for a World Cup, something that Ronaldo hasn't even done. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he wanted that World Cup more, but he'll take the Copa, the Copa America too. Gotcha. David, any final thoughts? 
Uh, yeah, just, just really, really happy for Messi to, for him to get that first international trophy. I know the whole soccer community as a whole, everybody was happy to see him get that because he is getting towards the end of his career. Um, it would have been a shame for him to you know end up reti- retiring from international soccer without a without a trophy uh, with Argentina. Um, on the Euro side, it 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 was a great game. Um, you always hate. I mean, you you love to see pins, but you always know that team that's going to lose. It's such heartbreak for the, for those players, and it, I felt like it made it worse with how England subbed in two to three guys just to come in to take a pin, fresh like right off the bench. Um, you come in and you know the two of them miss it, um, so it's it's unfortunate um, for the players. But congrats to to Italy. Um, they they played really well the whole the whole tournament. Um, their you know this their possession uh you know of soccer played really well and uh, uh but yeah other than that I mean just uh, it was a great tournament all around for sure it's coming Rome as they say uh, <laughs> but thanks again everybody uh one, once again last time Thursday nine thirty USA Martinique look out for uh, our lineups at eight thirty usually about an hour before kickoff thanks again see ya. <laughs>